0: is empty except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can the sun has gone down and the moon has come up and long ago somebody left with the cup but he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns
1: he's going the distance he's going for speed welcome to talking giants presented by draft i'm your host bobby Skinner, here with my co-host justin Pennick, and we have our mailbag a victory mailbag which is which is fun Ooh. um you know we're going to talk about some things that need to be cleaned up on the team but it's, it's a lot more fun talking about the things you need to clean up after a win Justin how are you doing
0: feeling good feeling really good um think the stats report video is going to be really really good this week a lot of our content has been really really good thank you all for kind of watching it following it doing what we got to do number um, 10
1: podcast in all football
0: yes can we start off with saying a little thank you with that Yes. can we
1: can we do Thank that? Thank you.
0: Thank you. For giving you very to much. talking giants. Thank you. Yeah, over a thousand five-star so ratings. Glad you
1: gave
0: number 10 on all sports or number 10 for football shows, top 50 for all sports. That's kind of cool. Thank you so much. Bobby challenged you to make us a top ten football show. We did it. Got over the 1k ratings. Thank you so much. Um, feeling good. Feeling good. Um, looking at a lot of the stats for this Giants team, feeling really good about Daniel Jones, especially now. You don't really need to search for reasons as to why Daniel Jones is maybe not having as bad of a season as everybody thinks. Like, no, you you literally can look at any of like kind of the advanced stuff that I like to look at. And it's like, oh, well, Daniel Jones is up there. There's there's no kind of searching for reasons for optimism, at least for Daniel Jones and quarterback is most important position all the game. And he has me feeling very excited and also excited to head into Dallas this Sunday. Bobby Skinner, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. It's it's been a busy week, uh, fun week though. It's always fun to win, um, and there's we got a we got a lot of good mailbag questions, um, you know we got a lot of the same. Like usually, you know, I pair ones that are similar together. I was like, man, we got like five of the same ones, so I only I only put three of those. But we tried to get everyone in there that we could. Um, speaking of people that we want to get in there, we have some new people who are part of the family. We have Ashley. Goracio, who was actually at New England camp with you. How about that? Yes. We got Lat Me, even though I think his name is Matt Lee. But forever 80s Giants football. I just don't really think that's this guy's name. Christopher Davidson. Daniel Jones' brother, uh, Bates Jones, transferred from Davidson to Duke. Mm. Muted Grow, who hates snacks, and now he's a patron. Yes. So I hate snacks too now. <clears throat> we got Lars R. Patanod. When I first saw that, I thought it was someone trying to get us you know, with a name. We got John Fuchs, uh, F-O-O-X. Love that. I feel like we're just really entering like fake name uh, territory. We got Evan Walrath, Walrath the Walrus. John O'Connor, that's a real name. We got Jasser, um, uh, Abdurasakov, Abdurasakov. Good job. Chocolate Jefferson. Take it easy, Mister Jefferson. And we got Bryant, um, just Bryant, and then Jacob Gruber. Who's a goofy goober? Who are all these goofy goobers, Jess?
0: Oh my gosh, all these people that are sponsoring today's show. They went to patreon.com slash talkinggiants. And for $2 a month, plus there's some other tiers if you want, hang out with us. While we record the shows, Bobby Skinner's got a Yankee hat on, a janky hat on. Hopefully that's not a bad look by the time that we put this out on October 6th. Because the Yankees play a baseball game today. So we're getting all excited for that. We're cel- we're continuing to celebrate a win. Patreon.com slash giants. Be a part of the Patreon community. Thank to our patrons. All
1: right, let's get into this mailbag. Take it away, Steve. Mail time.
0: Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail!
1: Thanks, Steve, from Blue's Clues. Justin. Let's get into the mail.
0: All right, we got three questions kind of linked together to start. Brian pours at b porous one. He Dude, asks, gang. "Will Slayton snaps diminish significantly even if he returns healthy? I'd hate to lose the benefits of that Daniel Jones chemistry with him." Vin scam at vin scam seventeen. Is Slayton relegated to more of a backup role with Tony and Ross playing well, or without cutting the Shepherd's workload? Keep up the great content, thank you, Vin. And then Travis. DeLisandro at Travis D eight. He has setting aside what should happen when Shep and Slayton are healthy. We'll judge bury Tony on the depth chart again. He says, go socks, but I'm not going to read that. So the question is what happens to Darius Slayton when him and Shepard are, are back
1: healthy. And, you know, I like Slayton, but Kenny Galladay's the big money wide receiver. He's like the, you know, he's the alpha dog on this team. Sterling Shepard has been playing, you know, the best football of his career. Kadarius Toney is forcing himself onto the field, and he was a first-round pick. He's not just some random dude on this team. He's a first-round pick who needs to be involved. And he seems like to have a personality that you probably want to keep involved. You know, you don't want to let him play g- good well uh, one game and then re- relegate him to 20 snaps or whatever. Like, you kind of have to keep Kadarius Toney involved and in a part of this Giants office going forward. And even you got guys like John Ross, who's like, that speed is not, you know, Nobody on this team can the difference maker. Can, can, yeah, can compete to that. and We saw it with John Ross, and John Ross even had like a like a really beautiful curl route, you know, and it was set up by his speed. So I don't know what happens with Darius Slayton, Justin. Like, what what do, what happens with Darius Slayton? Like, how do they get him reps, but also not taking stuff away from Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard? And this is why we kind of viewed Shepard as like a goner after this year. But it's like, well, you can't really move off Shep playing this well um you know you got to put the best guys on the field and I think Tony is more of a difference maker than Slayton but at the same time Slayton's is that has been that deep ball guy for Daniel Jones since their rookie season that and that connection like Brian Porras says is very real
0: yeah I think the Giants are in a very good spot right now at wide receiver and one that they have not been in a very very long time wouldn't, wouldn't you say Bobby like this is a very good problem to have
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's it is, but at the same time, it's like it is a problem because like you can't. I know, like I, I just feel like Slayton's not a guy that just gets forty percent of the reps, you know. And even that might be high with the way they want to play Tony and use two tight end sets, which we're gonna talk about later. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just if you just went three wide receivers all game. So maybe they do some four wide receiver stuff. I don't know, but it's it is gonna be very interesting to see the way they handle all this
0: personnel. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do four wide receiver stuff. I think they just really like, we're going to talk about 12 personnel and some of the things that the Giants did this past weekend to really maximize their personnel. But Darius Slayton had 70% of the snaps against Denver 57% of the snaps against Washington. um, And then 13% of the snaps against uh, Atlanta, but obviously he got hurt in that game. So Bobby, if he's getting 40 to 50% of the snaps, I'm fine. And it, what it comes down to is that Kenny Galladay, like Darius Slayton can be a difference maker. But outside of him running a vertical route down the field, what area do you feel confident in that Darius Slayton could be a difference maker?
1: He has been good at the, uh, you know, at the route tree, especially on digs. But at the same time, it's like we got guys who are better at that. Correct. You know, with that's why I'm saying Ross
0: Ross is more of a difference maker. Kadarius, Tony, and Kenny Galladay both together, by the way, now that we're talking wide receivers. We do need
1: to pump the brakes on John Ross a little bit, though. No, like,
0: no, no. But, but uh, well, Bobby, we talked about it during our, our PPP. When he's on the field, you have to account for him. When Darius Slayton's on the field, I don't think a defense is saying, oh, we have to account for him. Ha- like have to he is something that you have to account for he can take the top off you saw it against Washington should have had two touchdown he's really catches good versus press. you know he's good against press but I think John in terms of a threat where an opposing defense is looking at I think they view John Ross as more of a threat is yes, that fair I agree. Okay. yes
1: I agree but that's I, I also was like let's remember that John Ross drops the ball a ton and right. and you know gets hurt you know what yeah, I'm saying? Well, like, you know, this, this, this could figure itself out, you know, going forward. But.
0: Right. And that's why it's a good problem to have. But the whole point of, you know, even prioritizing Tony a little bit too is with Galladay and Tony this past weekend, they both averaged eight yards after the catch per reception, over eight yards after the catch per reception. That is the first time in the Jason Garrett era where any wide receiver has averaged more than like six and a half yards yards after the catch per reception. I think Sterling Shepard against the Browns last year was the most yards after the catch per reception any receiver had, and that was somewhere in like the 6.3, 6.5 yards after the catch per reception range. So this was the first time. a huge
1: indictment on Jason Garrett. (laughs) It is a huge indictment on Jason Garrett. Not even one game.
0: And guess what? There has never been a game where two wide receivers together have averaged together more than like four yards after the catch per reception. Like a pairing. Oh, my God. So I I did all the stats. I looked back to 2020. I looked at Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard going back to last year. I didn't look at tight ends, but I was just looking at wide receivers. So this past game, it was Galladay and Tony both averaged together over eight yards after the catch per reception. I want to keep that going, give those guys opportunities, because especially if they're going to make things happen with the ball in their hands after the catch, that's really important. And Darius Slayton, his yards after the catch per reception is somewhere like in the ones and twos. That's not great. One game sample size, but. It's yeah, out there.
1: and I guess where it lands on this is, and to answer our questions for ourselves, because it is a hard question, is I want Kadarius Tony playing more than Darius Slayton. He has more of a difference maker. There's more invested in him. I want him involved. He can change a game in different ways than Slayton can. And you can also give Connie Gall a day. Like, other guys can do the things like you said Darius Slayton could do.
0: Yeah, and. But here's the main question. So when Tony was lining up, let's say, in 11 personnel, was he. Solely the slot wide receiver. Were they also putting him outside? No, they, they did doing? some
1: really good stuff. They had day in the slot. Like they were moving guys. Like it was, it was a good game plan offensively. They did, like they had Galladay in the slot and Tony outside. So, you know, Tony's not like a, you know, we viewed him as a slot because that's what he played at Florida. But he's not like a pure just play slot receiver. The only thing that would keep me from being like, hey, just play him on the outside all the time. Is Tony just doesn't make contested catches? He never did it at Florida. He's never going to be a contested catch guy, and it's hard to be consistently on good on the outside without that.
0: Yeah, so that helps Shep's case for staying in the slot. And Shep's snap count, in my opinion, shouldn't really go down since before he got hurt, he was one of the league's best wide receivers. Like I'm not even just saying that as a Homer Giants fan. Like he was one of the league's best wide receivers, production wise, before he did get hurt. Um, Anything else with? wide receivers bobby
1: i mean what happens to colin johnson oh yeah CJ colin Board? johnson big loss dante yeah. pettis is on our practice squad that's like dante pettis is someone we were kind of like a like a little bit excited for at the end of the year and he this can't even a get really off the good,
0: practice squad this is a really good problem i mean you can argue that this is some of the best step i know uh I, I think dan schneier made this but um you can make an argument that this is some of the best step that wide receivers since 2011 you kind of can oh yeah easily so all right, let's flip to the defense side of the ball now. We've got three questions together. First one coming from Colton Link at Colton Link 610. And Colton's been doing some really good work for me on game day, gathering some data, first down stuff, explosive play data the day of. So shout out to you, Colton. Give him a follow at Colton Link 610. Will the Giants defense be able to bounce back against one of the better offenses? In the league against Dallas. Next question: Wes Locke at Westy Westegals. Would you be opposed to a game plan and letting Zeke eat instead of allowing big pass plays, similar to the Giants versus Bills and Super Bowl twenty-five strategy? Interesting. And then Jake Java at Jake Trek twenty-two. Thoughts on how we can stop the run without Blake Martinez? Do they look to bring in a run stopping middle linebacker? So you
1: know how you talk about and uh, you know. Brandon say like kind of some of the new, the, the new wave in the NFL right now, defensively is to let teams run against you. You know, like not just let them, but like not putting an emphasis on the run and kind of like, Hey, run the ball, keep running. Stay, stay, uh, stay consistent with that. The Giants did that more this week than they ever have before. I mean, they, and the Giants would, like something I noticed from Patrick Graham at Miami and he brought it to the Giants last year is he would always have one guy extra in the box we always would have every gap accounted for. This past game, we didn't have. I don't think there were maybe a, a handful of plays where they had
0: every gap accounted for in the run game. I was like, shocked when you told me. They played all game long. I was shocked when you told me that the Saints had 170 rushing yards. I, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it when you on the recap episode. Well,
1: because they didn't have any big runs, but they had you know f- like those consistent four or five yard runs. Yeah, and that was like. The Giants let them, you know, and and that's without, you know, if you have Blake Martinez and Dalvin Tomlinson on your team, you can probably get away with that and be good against the run. But when you don't have those two guys, it's like, man, it's, I understand like that, that mindset. And it was a decent outing for the defense, but watching a team just run against you, man, like that is, it's hard for me to buy into that. It really is. Like it, it really is. And I think you can get around, like I don't think you're sacrificing in the past really anymore by putting an extra guy in the box. If anything, playing that too high leads to big plays because you're playing, you're, you have your safeties playing up for, you know in the run game more. Here, like I want Jabril Peppers playing in the box again. He hasn't played in the box this year. Jabril Peppers should be playing more than Xavier McKinney. We have an Xavier McKinney question later we'll get to. But when Peppers is healthy, he should be playing in the box, and especially now that Blake is out. I want us to get back to plus one boxes, and it doesn't mean that we need to be all out, stop the run. But we should put some effort into play, some decent gap responsibilities in the run game, and let our linebackers, you know, f- you know, drop back in coverage more. Maybe do more one linebacker sets, um, you know, with with Tay Crowder and and, you know, just Tay Crowder and then, you know, Jabril Peppers next to him. Yep. As like a, you know, that money backer. Um, but the right now what they're doing is they're playing the three defensive tackles at one time and they're kind of relying on those guys to stop it and AJ Johnson makes a good player here or two but he's not consistently off the line and Danny Shelton's horrible. Like Danny bad. Shelton has been the biggest disappointment for me. I thought he was a really good signing. He has been horrible. He hasn't even he hasn't even done a good job of being big. Um so it's it's I understand that it's on purpose but man it's hard to just like watch us not play get I, it's it's hard to watch them not play responsible gap football play in play out when that was something that I just became accustomed to last season
0: yeah um you know I certainly hope that Peppers can step up in the box a little bit more money back. I mean that's where he's best that's where he's best and it's kind of disheartening to hear that they haven't been letting him putting uh, putting him in that situation to be as successful as he possibly can be especially if you're taking away his snaps Bobby there's been a lot of Two linebacker sets this year, even with Blake Martinez on the field. I mean, there would be times last year where Blake Martinez would be the only linebacker on the field, and you know you would have <laughs> we have sometimes eight defensive backs and you know three safeties on the field at once, four safeties on the field at once, and those are the types of looks where I felt like, well, that's where we're strongest because we're strongest back there. We like our secondary, and you know those guys kind of running around doing whatever. You don't know which position a guy is playing. That was the strong suit of last year, and I just don't feel like we've had that same that same kind of unpredictability like we had last year, because especially when you have two interior linebackers where, you know, Crowder and Raglan, they're nice players, but I would rather have our safeties on the field rather than those two guys where, you know, they're not the best against the run, and they're not the best in pass coverage where they're just kind of solid, where we want those safeties to be on the field. Am I right in that?
1: Yeah, and they're just playing a bunch of, like, they're playing 3D linemen, one outside linebacker, two inside linebackers a ton, a ton. Um, and then they're kind of moving messing around with Nickel using Julian Love and Rodarius Williams. Um Darnay's kind of been taken out of the defense. Yeah. Which I like Darnay, but if we if we want to put an emphasis on playing man coverage, Darnay just doesn't fit that. You know, and it's reason they, why they drafted Aaron Robinson. But yeah, it's the defense hasn't been like a it hasn't been a bad defense, but it hasn't been the good defense that we expected it to be, which is disheartening. But man, it's I just I want to see Patrick Graham get back to plus one boxes does it and that doesn't mean you're not playing the pass like you can play the pass. I think honestly I think you know I'll say it the McKinney talking point but yeah. I was like I feel like you can play the pass just as well if not better when you have everything towards the line like Giants have also
0: flat bro. out played better quarterbacks and better offenses to start this year than they did last year like the Broncos are not as bad as everybody thinks Broncos have been one of the best offenses in the league you know and They're they're doing well. So now the expectations of that matchup and our evaluation of that matchup has kind of changed, right? You know, Washington, you know, we've always thought that they they had a solid team. They're hanging in there with Taylor Heineke. He's not a scrub, right? Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan, even though I thought he had a bad game, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously the Saints are a good football team. You know, Saints are a good football team. So if you look at the quarterbacks, which I'm gonna do this on the stat report, if you just look at the quarterbacks that we played like before the bye week last year. And then compare them to the quarterbacks that we have this year on our schedule. It is like night and day. Of Carson Wentz twice, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, uh, Nick Mullins, Trubisky, Ben Roethlisberger. Like those guys are like again night and day of some of the offenses and, and some of the quarterback performances that we've seen so far this year. So
1: yeah, but I do push back on that a little bit. Is like one a lot of teams do, and I get the Janice maybe played more, but it's like they had really good performance versus Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. And I know Jared Goff isn't viewed as a good quarterback, but that offensive system was really good with the Rams, and they you know, they really held that in check the entire right. game. So, like, the defense has been – like, it's not simply just they're playing better teams, even though that is having an impact.
0: Well, they're getting better um, – I think my overall point is, is that also they're getting better – like, those teams are getting better quarterback performances out of their guys. Now, also, I know a defense forces a quarterback to not have a good performance, right, with their scheme and their players, and – you know making plays on the football yada 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 but you know sometimes when a quarterback is on a tear he's on a tear um so it, it, it all it all plays into that so hopefully yeah, the, defense the defense can get it i mean
1: the defense is ranked 15th this year they're giving up yards i think it's not on purpose but you know what i mean we have a question yeah. about the end of half stuff which is Got pretty interesting so and we'll anyways. preview
0: a, we'll preview the Dallas game on Friday so i want to i kind of want to save that um, cuz that'll be a good kind of talking point of uh, do you let Dak take, you know, 40 attempts? <laughs> or, you know, do you let Tony, you know, Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott kind of run all over? So we'll we'll kind of preview that. We'll have extra time since we don't have an interview Friday. All right, next three pairs. Danny Behan. Is Daniel Jones still in a clean pocket from Sunday, even after a few days? Some people are asking that. Shout out online. Shout out Hogmollies. I, I actually felt good putting on this shirt today. Tony B at Tony B underscore from underscore Long Island. Andrew Thomas is a stud and has progressed mightily. Why in the world can't Rob Sale do the same with Matt Parrott? Kind of blows my mind. Thank you, fellas. A.J. Austin at Starvin' Art. Over, under, four. How many weeks before Soldiers replaced that right tackle? And will it be by Wilson or Matt Parrott?
1: So this is just basically let's talk about the O-line for a second. Yeah. Um, I mean, credit to Rob Sale. This O-line is coached up well, you know. And Andrew Thomas, like Andrew Thomas, the difference between Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott is Andrew Thomas is a much better player than Matt Parrott, even with the best of coaching. You know, there's a reason Andrew Thomas went fourth overall and Matt Parrott went at the end, you know, the very end of the third round, you know, they are not the same player. Um, but Andrew Thomas has been a baller this year and I give Rob Sale credit for that. But I also give Andrew Thomas the majority of the credit. Like at the end of the day, it's like the player has to be the, be the guy. Um, I give Rob Sale and, and Garrett, like, they've been chipping a lot. Like, Nate Solder has not been put on an island a ton. They've been chipping with Kyle Rudolph a ton um, and, he, and the running backs a ton.
0: During the John Ross touchdown, Kyle Rudolph actually stayed in as a pass blocker. It was, it was a it was a play action. They do that a lot. Kyle Rudolph was on the right side of the line of scrimmage and Kyle Rudolph stayed in as a pass blocker on that touchdown.
1: They do that a lot, and we'll talk about that with uh, Tim Coffey's question. So Andrew Thomas has been that guy. Um, Nate Solder played all right, you know. Here's our defensive ends, the dumbest people in the NFL. Why? Have, why have they seen what Vaughn Miller did? And I get Vaughn every not Vaughn Miller. Why do they just try and go around the edge on Nate holder? Like, why does not every defensive end in the NFL try to bull rush and rip inside Nate Solder? It does. I, I I'm blown away. It's like, do you guys not watch film? Like, are you, are you guys just like stuck in like, I'm trying to get around the corner every single type of play. It, it just seems stupid. Honestly. Um, Will Hernandez has played all right. You know, Will Hernandez has played like Will Hernandez. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um He hasn't had the really bad reps the last three games, where week one he played bad. Um these last like he hasn't had these horrible reps that he's had in previous previous years, but he he Will Hernandez has not been the same run blocker. Part of that is Nate Solder, though. Nate Soldier, I think, might be a worse run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Like, he, like, Nate Soldier is kind of ruining the run game a little bit because he gets squeezed down on every single play.
0: And that was, like, Nate Soldier's only strength when, you know, 2018 he was on. Nate Soldier's
1: skinny and weak. Like, that's really what, like, you can, you can tell in his frame. You can just tell by the way his stance is stuff. Like, he is just, he doesn't have that power anymore. And he's, you know, one, he wasn't good a couple years ago, but he's older and he's, you know, he's older and, and lost weight and hasn't played. Um, and Skura looked good, man. Like Skura looks like he looks like a smart player who understands hand placement, hat placement. You know, good feet. He like he under like Matt Skura looks like a solid player. Now he doesn't have the athlete, he like the athletic makeup and and strength to be like a oh this guy needs to be starting for us next year. But he, if he plays like this for next couple games, I want them to try and lock him up on like a Spencer Pulley type deal for Matt Skura. Yeah, because he's been sure. he's played better and Price played good this last game too. But Skura was clearly
0: better than Ben Bredesen. All right, so do you mess with the whole flow of things, ebb and flow and things? At least pass protection, because I mean, run blocking, I it it's not controversial to say that Matt Parrot is a better run blocker than Nate Solder. A lot of people are a better run blocker than Nate Solder. So, do you mess with the ebb and flow and things and put Matt Parrot in to yeah, start Yeah, because right you're tackle? giving
1: you're giving Solder a bunch of chip help. Do that with Parrot. Yeah, I, I I am still firmly in Matt Parrot should be starting right now. Yeah. You know, it it's you know, it's a it's a higher ceiling for a team. We're one in three right now. I know we're off a win, but we're a one in three team right now. And Matt Parrot has a higher ceiling. And like you know, the Giants wanna run the ball. Like they start every game trying to run the ball and then they've gotten away from it, rightfully so, because they haven't done a good job of it. Maybe Matt Parrot comes in and you're able to run the ball a little more the way the way you want to, yeah. you know, and that makes Will Hernandez a better blocker, and that helps the tight ends on the backside be better blockers. Like, like, you know, Nate Solder's, you know, like, he's not good, even though his this last game wasn't bad. It was like okay, but you can still see like he's not a good player.
0: I have a question for you, and I wanted to put this from like the Bleeding Blue account or something, but I'm glad we got some offensive line questions. I'm waiting for the disaster game. I'm waiting for it from the O-line. And, you know, I hope that when the disaster game that the O-line has, I hope it's not a disaster game from Andrew Thomas. But here's my question to you. Is what we're seeing from the O-line, from a pass-blocking standpoint, is it sustainable? Do you feel like what the Giants' O-line has been doing kind of the last couple weeks, giving Daniel Jones time to throw, over three seconds time to throw, is that sustainable long-term for this year, in your opinion? This past week, absolutely not. Now Andrew Thomas is, but a
1: lot of the O line talking points have come from Daniel Jones manipulating the pocket better. And let's think about it throughout Daniel Jones' career. Was Mike Remmers good? No. But he wasn't an issue. Was Cam Fleming good? No. He wasn't an issue after, you know, week one, week two. Daniel Jones, when everything's in front and this has been something we have said a ton this year, um, has been like he's been good when the pressure's in his front side. Like he's used to that. It's just when this like if Nate Solder was on his blind side, we'd be talking about how bad the O line is right oh, now. Oh yeah. And Daniel Jones fumbles would still be huge, like would still be huge issues. Um
0: Yeah, that's why left tackle's the second most important position in the game of football. Like that's yeah, why that's the, why that's said.
1: Especially with a QB like Daniel Jones. So um so what they did last week sustainable? Absolutely not. But like Andrew Thomas playing well and Daniel Jones being able to manipulate and not be not have games
0: wrecked by the O line, yeah, that's sustainable for the whole year. Okay, cool. All right. Next one, Xavier McKinn. Sad Giants fan, at Bilotto, with a lot of O's. Has Xavier McKinney been the biggest disappointment on defense? How can the Giants get him to look competent? McKinney has sucked. I don't know, and no one's talking about it.
1: Like, he blew the—, the You
0: can't the, see it. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's we're, the issue we, is he plays know, we deep on, safety and you can't see it on TV. You know, we were on Mike's channel and, you know, he was like, oh, I think Xavier McKinney's going to be, a, like, a really good player for the Giants this year. And I'm like, you know what, Mike? Like, you could be right. You could be wrong. But it's the fact that he's pl- if he's playing deep safety, you're just not going to see it. You're not going to see the impact. It's almost like Julian Love. He was fourth on the team in tackles last year. I can't really tell you all the things that Julian love did well or that he didn't do well. Cause when you're playing that deep half safety, it's like, well, I, I, the casual fan. And even me, I'm i I'm a little bit more than a casual fan. I, I just, I flat out just don't know.
1: Yeah, You can't know until Tuesday when the all 22 comes out. Like it's the, it's the one position where it's like, you really have no clue. And he's blown coverages. He's missed big tackles. Like peppers has gotten so much heat this year for being playing 10 yards off and getting a, a former wide receiver who played tight end, beat him in man coverage. And people are like, this dude Peppers. It's like, well, McKinney's blowing coverages left and right. Like McKinney should not be playing over Jabril Peppers. And Peppers has played a little bit of deep safety. Like, like you want to know why you you don't talk about Jabril Peppers playing deep safety a lot? Because when he does it, he does a decent enough job. Yeah, you know, and he was, (laughs) you know, the number one strong safety in pass deflections last year, top five in tackles for a loss. They're just not using him the same way they used him last year. You know, and get your conspiracy theory hats on about his contract and stuff and how much that involves in it. But, like, Xavier McKinney has been a huge disappointment. Like, he's blown big-time coverages, and he's missed huge tackles that have led to points for the other team.
0: Yeah. My draft evaluation of him was that he would be better in the box of, like, coming up and moving forward and then moving side to side and not moving backwards. Well, if he doesn't have the physicality to make tackles because he's missing tackles which by the way he he looks smaller which this happens with every NFL player but he looks smaller in the NFL than he did in college I've noticed that the Physi- that's just the same physicality isn't there um so he has he doesn't have the physicality to play in the box and he's blowing certain coverages when he's playing deep and that's a that's kind of a tough combo for a safety it's also very tough I would
1: think about playing him at nickel corner Yeah Yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, what's wrong with that? And you put Jabril Peppers as a strong safety who's playing down towards the line of scrimmage more. That's kind of
0: like the best of both worlds. That's so what I like. want.
1: That's what I want Patrick Graham to get to, is like, you play McKinney, Rodarius, and, and, you know, you can use Love in those three, four safety looks and use Peppers the same way he did last year as the team's strong safety who plays down towards the line of scrimmage the majority of the time, and then Logan Ryan is the free. Um, Because McKinney... Now, again, McKinney is... is his. Basically, it's rookie season, you know, so you don't want to be yeah. too overcritical and he can grow and get better. But at this point, he has been bad.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring up the whole talking point that a lot of people have with Antoine Bethea, even though he was really, really bad. Like, he was one of the worst safeties in the league, that you know, in 2019. But a talking point that came from that is that it's just so hard to play deep center field safety when you haven't played it a ton. Now, I know in but Alabama... they're not asking
1: him to play center field. They're playing too high.
0: Yeah, well, I, I and I know at Alabama he played you know a decent amount of free safety, but I still I still feel like his overall strengths and what he did most was moving forward, and it wasn't really moving backwards. I know you know PFF the 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 snap difference it'll say that it's relatively even, but I just think his his experience still mostly moving backwards in that role. Not the most familiar thing for him. So yeah, it's a hard position. About- it takes time. You know, hopefully, he gets better.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it when you know the draft, like that was our talking point after the draft. Is like he's very similar to Peppers in his skill set. You know, yeah. and, I, and I still believe that to be true. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Week Five offer every football fan should jump on. Jump on it like Kyle Rudolph jumping on a fumble and people justifying his contract because he fell down on a football. <laughs> New customers can bet just one dollar on any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943. So I'd say this is a no-brainer. So you hear that, people with no brain? Do this. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your states yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. And $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Where's the Indiana thing? Ooh. Does Indiana not have it anymore? Did we Did we lose Indiana? Maybe if if in it just in case if you're in Indiana try one eight hundred nine nine with it. With it. There you
0: go. I'm just learning my words, man. I'm tired. It's okay. Hey, you've we've had a you've had a you've had a long week. You've had a long week. My, I'm tired. <laughs> I, my I'm week, not. Uh,
1: I I've had I drank like three bottles of water. Like my mouth feels kind of dry. Um, stupid old twenty two coming out. What time did it come out last night? Like twelve o'clock, and then I have to record it for an hour, and so it's like I didn't even start washing it until one thirty. Beautiful.
0: Mr. Brownstone, can our offense manage to put up 30-plus points this weekend? Will we finally go for it on Fort Down? He also says, burn down MetLife, leave a five-star review, or else your house will be burned down. Talking Giants versus the World. I had a house fire once. So, can our offense manage to put up...
1: Why? When are you going to stop uh, making us feel bad for that?
0: Uh, you always bring up your dog dying. I don't want to hear it. Can our offense manage to put up 30-plus points this weekend? Will we finally go for it on fourth Down? Um they're going to
1: have to and we'll talk about it more in the preview yeah. like you have to have the mindset going into this game that this is going to be a shootout you can't go into this game playing like and be like oh well this we're going to play our brand of football sorry adapt or die you talk about it be about it cuz you this is that this is how you're going to win this game is a shootout and maybe you get some turnovers and stuff but you're not going to get turnovers from playing your brand of football on offense you have to go into this game expecting a shootout i have to go get water
0: go get water I'll talk about how Dallas's defense has been relatively good, too, so I don't think the Giants can necessarily head into this game by just resting on their laurels of, hey, you know, we, we, scored, we scored 29 points against Washington. We had a good game against uh, the Saints, so we're going to take advantage of this lackluster Dallas defense. No, th- this Dallas team has looked like a legit team in the NFC, and you can't just take that for granted. Both sides have looked really good for Dallas.
1: I disagree with everything you just said. Great.
0: Cool. All right, next question. We'll talk about burning down MetLife at the end. Oh, no, going for it on fourth down. Uh, do we So, here I have a t- I have a take on this and it's not so anti-judge. Just thinking of like just a human being who takes criticism and wants to correct things. Like Joe Judge wants to win football games. I I, I-, I do believe that. I who think you that now? this <laughs> I think at this point, he has to improve that decision-making. Like, he's got to, like, look – even if he wasn't all about self-evaluation and – It's about his process, though. He's, blah, he's, blah, blah.
1: He's basically told the media he's not going to change. But he, he kind of has to, right? It almost kinda seems kinda like – I to. said it on the Monday podcast. It seems like he's trying to stick it to everyone he's,
0: else. Like He's defiant, but you can't be that defiant when it comes to, like, your the future of your job.
1: They haven't made, they haven't went for it on fourth down one time this year where it wasn't like an obvious, like, we have to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. And the one they converted was a fourth and five draw play. Uh, versus hey, but la-
0: last year, it was the, it was the big, uh, special teams fake field goal that should have been the touchdown, but stupid freaking, uh, Cam Fleming. Was it uh, offside? Did he jump off? Did he have a false start or something? Or was he not on a the line? I don't know. Legal procedure or something. L- legal procedure. So, hey, we'll, we'll see it against Dallas. I and mean, that's when Jason Garrett rolls, rolls out everything. Under so,
1: Jason Garrett, Daniel Jones is 8 of 9 on 4th and 5 or less. And the one that didn't get was a QB sneak. So, which is really not really put in his hands. it's just move forward and see if it works.
0: My optimistic look the Wednesday after, you know, Wednesday coming off a win is Joe Judge has to look in the mirror eventually has to so there you go that's the fourth down Tim Coffey you mentioned can that I say
1: something uh-huh not every fourth down should be went for on you know what I'm saying like no that's here's common sense. I hate Ben Baldwin in general but what I hate is his fourth down bot you saw on Thursday Night Football when the Jags went for it they said it had a better chance of winning by going for it on fourth and not getting it than just kicking the field goal and I'm going to
0: challenge you on this because and I know it was what you're going to say and I'm going to have the a great zone. answer for it it's you're in the red zone and a team is more likely to score when they have 75 yards to go versus 99 yards to go. What about when there's 55 seconds left in the half? It's, does it, it, it's, a, it's a model, and you can choose to ignore it, and you can choose it, to not ignore it. It's fifty. There's
1: 55 seconds left in the half. They weren't going to go 75 yards and score a touchdown. At it's worst, about win probability. They get it's, to a, a field it's about
0: game. win probability. It's not telling you to do one thing or another. It's... How much does a certain decision influence win probability? And flat out, you that have a better be you have a better win prop. No, it's one of the best in the National. Ben football Baldwin league. said it himself that it was like that doesn't make sense. All right, well then it's still one of the best in the National Football League. That model is still one of the best, and it's it's about win probability. You are more likely to win and put points on the board. When you have seventy-five yards to go versus ninety-nine yards to go, it's win probability. It's not just like black or white. This is better or That's better. It's about. It's again. It's just Joe Judge said it. It's a tool, and it's just part of a process of thinking of fourth down decision making. You can't just nitpick the one little thing. You can't. That's not what analytics. Is. That's it's not a, black or white.
1: That's a that's like a big thing. It's like saying that being up fourteen is better than being up seventeen. Because of a twenty-four yard difference, with fifty-six seconds left in the half.
0: Well, how? What was the win probability difference? Two percent, and you had a problem with two percent for win probability. But it
1: just doesn't make any sense.
0: If it was ten percent, I have a problem with that. But it's two percent. So again, you have to. You're looking at things in a vacuum, and you can't.
1: All I'm saying is there's there's more to it than just, like I. Basically I'm saying I'm there's saying more to it. I'm saying there's more like, to it. I will never use fourth down decision like and, I, and and which was so funny about call banks being like these analytics don't have a heartbeat it's like dude i shit on analytics all the time and it's that was so frustrating like it's like dude i'm not even talking about analytics like some of these fourth down decisions by judge this year in particular i thought last year got overblown a little bit were like it's like no dude he should be going for these not because of analytics but because of just using and, and thinking about it but anyways um tim Coffey. ben baldwin's a
0: weirdo tim Coffey does a lot of good stuff though like i i rely on it you mentioned the two tight end max protect success we had i'm a weird guy and i'm an analytics guy you mentioned the two tight end max protect success we had how do you see us using that to our advantage moving forward opponents will have tape to study but if engram and quads are used like they can be is 12 personnel the new 13 ps bobby is a goldman I, I have an answer to this this is the first time i'm gonna answer first so, look at the two touchdowns that the Giants scored on Sunday. Or the two big touchdowns, excuse me. You know, the 54-yarder to Saquon, 52-yarder to John Ross. Both of those formations were 12 personnel. Now, the Saquon Barkley one was an empty set, empty backfield. Saquon Barkley was lined up as a wide receiver, and then he had Rudolph and Engram kind of like on the slots, you know, closest to the tackles, right? And then he had your two wide receivers out there. So, that was 12 personnel shotgun, spread. I love that. Spread the field. And then, for the John Ross touchdown, you have a more conventional running formation, 12 personnel, Rudolph, Ingram with their hands on the ground, and then also you had Ross and Galladay kind of tighter to the line of scrimmage, Saquon Barkley in the backfield, play action, a running formation, bring the play action in there, Boom, John Ross over the top for the touchdown. So the way that they used 12 personnel with Rudolph and Engram, they've always flanked out Engram out as a even an 11 personnel. That's why the Giants run it so much, because they can put Ingram on the line with his hand to the ground, or they can flank him out wide. It's kind of like lining up as a wide receiver. So that's why they run it so much. But this past week, because they kind of lost Slayton and Shep, they ran 12 personnel 30% of the time. In weeks one through three, they only ran it 22% of the time, so that was about like a 10% uptick in 12 personnel usage. But they used it differently, rather than just putting the two tight ends in close to the line of scrimmage.
1: Yep, I I agree with that. And and they and, and Tim Coffey's saying like, will it get game plan against? They've been doing this for a while. They've just been amping it up more so lately, especially when they had uh, the personnel of Tony and and Galladay together without Shep and Slayton. So they've always done it. They're just amping it up, you know, these max protect calls. Like, that's something they did a ton last year. And they got some decent chunks out of it. It's just kind of it's an all-or-nothing play with the Andrew Thomas block. You know, being able to block well has helped it. Where last year, you know, doing that play led to a, a fumble return for a touchdown versus Dallas. You know, and there was other uh, times where, you know, Caden Smith sc- or Wayne Gallman screwed up the protection versus the Cardinals and he got a fumble versus Marcus Golden and, uh in that play so they've done a better job blocking it up which jones has been able to step up and find like it's like you got to find the holes in the zone but those holes will come there yep. you know and if it's man coverage tony shep God, if those guys are going to beat that you're going to win it or rudolph's going to take like it's it's working you know what i'm saying and, and so i want the giants to stick to it and that's something we even talked about on sunday um so yeah i, I don't think there'll be some huge game plan for because it, it's kind of something that's hard to game plan for really you know cuz there's there's a you can run all different types of route concepts out of it and it's only two men so it's not like it's not like your zone isn't ready for a two man route it's just it's it's unless you blitz the crap out of it but then you got guys beating man coverage so it's yeah it's it's old school but it's been working you know yep. so that's like the one old school thing that Jason Garrett and them have done that is working but while we're talking about two tight end sets I really hate that they're giving Kyle Rudolph playing time over Kaden Smith because of his contract. Kaden Smith only had nine snaps this past week. Kyle Rudolph looks extremely slow. Kaden Smith is much better in the run game. He, you know, using that that fullback H back role. That is very frustrating about this coach. Kyle staff. Rudolph cost us four points. I went and looked at that, and I'm not going to hold that play against him because he was being led out of bounds. You know, like maybe. Yeah. Maybe Caden can like dive in, but it wasn't like a gather yourself and try and chuck yourself in. It it looks different from the back angle.
0: Yeah, his 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 twenty yard catch I thought on Sunday that like this he should have easily jumped over that defender because the defender was going after his ankles or just dive over him, put his shoulder down, do something, not just run out of bounds inside the five-yard line because then the giants that was a series of events where the evan ingram sweep and it only led to a field goal after a you know couple explosive plays so um i was really mad at rudolph in the moment in the moment i was like what are you doing bro yeah he should
1: have made a better effort but i don't think yeah. he would have scored
0: anyways yeah all right next question armed trash at los not dos that's carlos rodriguez oh changing his name a couple times what's up carlos since Bobby Skinner went up to New Jersey, New York, any chance Justin Pennett comes down to Florida for the Miami game?
1: Yeah, when are you going to come down to Florida? I mean, I remember the offseason season of twenty twenty, it was bully. I was trying to get you to move down here, bully Justin down to Florida.
0: No, it didn't work. Didn't work. Um, I actually, I had a brief opportunity to go to the Tampa Bay game because I found like a really cheap flight, but the the flight was so cheap that I would have had to like stay with you. Or I would have had to find a hotel, and at that point it just wasn't worth it. Um, if we have like an event, for the t- it's a little late now, but if we ever want to have an event, if we if we ever find ourselves and we're playing in, in a Florida game, Tampa Bay, Miami, whatever, and we want to have like an event in Florida, and the company will pay for it, I'll go. There you go. Why
1: don't you just move down here?
0: Ah, uh, no. Why, why would I move down there? Simply because would you? Here, I have a question. Simply would you because rather enjoy ego, life more or less? I would. Pro- I love New Jersey. But I think it's your ego that's keeping you down in Florida and you just want me to join you. But it makes oh, sense... Well, it's not my ego. It's, it, I
1: know that I would hate living up there.
0: Well, it makes sense for
1: at yeah, least but I would one kill of the myself. Giants
0: co-hosts. Oh, wow. It makes sense for at least one of the Giants I've been making co-hosts. that joke
1: privately a lot and I, I probably shouldn't say on a podcast. That is yeah. a joke. But it's like I would never want to live up there. I hate it up there. It's so much better down here.
0: <laughs> but it makes sense for one of it like it makes sense for one of us to live near MetLife Stadium. And in the like New York tri-state area. It makes sense. One of us, I said. Hasn't
1: never made sense to me yet. One All right, us. next question.
0: All right, next question. Tim at the Giants good yet?
1: This is a tough question for Forgetting. defense at least.
0: Outside of DJ, who are your quarterly offensive and defensive MV- MVPs. Offense is easily Andrew Thomas, right? Or if you could maybe say Shepard. Yeah, I was, yeah, Th- Thomas is I think definitely the runner-up, but Shepard and Galladay because Shep, even when, you know, Shepard's been out, Galladay has stepped up and do you know that Kenny Galladay is tied for the league lead with 11 receptions of 15 plus yards? I haven't even felt like the Giants, ha- the Giants haven't even fully unlocked him yet and he is doing what he was signed to do.
1: He has his highest catch rate of his career right now. Yes. And he's like two yards off of his yards per game. So although Matthew Stafford made him shut yo stupid ass up.
0: I have another, I have a Kenny Galladay stat. His catch rate over the last two games is 82.85%. And he's also averaging 17.67 yards per catch over that span too. And still, yeah, I, again, I don't even feel like they fully unlocked him yet. Hasn't even had that 10 catch game yet.
1: But to me, it's an easy Andrew Thomas. Yes. On defense, it's very tricky. Because um, there's really no clear-cut one. I would say Adore Jackson. I was hoping you wouldn't say it because he was mine too. I mean, you know, there's... Now, Adore Jackson's a free agent signing, so every time he gives up a catch, especially on like a third down, it's like, this guy sucks. But it's like, he's been the most solid player. Like, he's been better than James Bradbury. So now he's playing against cornerback twos or wide receiver twos compared to wide receiver one but he's been better than james bradbury you know nobody up front has been that guy you know blake maybe if he was you know still here but he's not rog- logan ryan if he could make if he made a play on one of those balls last yeah. week yes but he hasn't you know and, and pep obviously hasn't been mckinney definitely like i think it's adora jackson and i think it's not It's not even because he's been amazing. It's just like, look at everyone else not living up to what they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with the Dory. Um, Logan Ryan. Yeah, I agree with you. I I agree with you. Nobody nobody up front has been that great. Leonard Williams had a better game, but again, with that contract, you're just expected to do it. I
1: don't like them using him at defensive end either, by the way.
0: You have you kind of have no choice with no edge production. I know
1: we have a question about edge production later, so what's next question? Might
0: even next be question. this one. Eli DePlax it at Eli de Can we talk about end of first half defense weeks one through four? I think we have a lot of touchdown every single possession. So shout out Eli Plaques doing that kind of research and putting together the different drives and how many yards we gave up. They look solid for stretches, but can't stop a nosebleed in these moments. What is going on? Tom Lemmy at Tom. SU44. Thank you for being there during the downtimes. What should Graham do to get the pass rush going? It seems like this defense is Achilles' heel until, it seems like it is this defense is Achilles' heel until they get the edge rush figured out. And then family six-pack at family six-pack one, why are Roche and Koffa not getting any chance to rush the pass rush since we legitimately have zero pass rush? This spells trouble on Sunday.
1: So to answer the first question, it's the pass rush, man. This pass rush is really, really bad. You know, and Aziz is, you know, he makes a flash play here and there. He did it this past week, but it's like there is no one who can consistently, even not even semi consistently, win on the edge. Like nobody on this team can win on the edge at a decent rate. You know, and it's just the pass, It's hard, especially you know, in those two minute drills when they are trying to get the ball downfield. Yeah, like they are are not dinking and dunking. They are they are purposely like we need to get the ball downfield, and if. I almost think it's better for offenses sometimes, and for the, I mean, the Giants, you know, down eleven with eight minutes left, and then finally their offense like really opens up. It's coaches when they're forced to, they are more aggressive, and that's when it's harder to cover man coverage routes, you know, down the field, um, for a long period of time. I don't care how good you are, and when you don't have a pass rush, that's happening. The Washington game, it was a soft zone. Like that, that's on Patrick Graham, but the week one, week three, week four, it's been just, they don't, they cannot get a pass rush to the QB at all. Like just the cleanest of clean pockets for quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. I have numbers on how bad the pass rush is right now. 28th in pressure rate, third least amount of sacks, 32nd in QB hits with 14, ninth in blitz rate though. So, I mean, they're not hitting the quarterback. They're not pressuring the quarterback third least amount of sacks I mean it, it'll help and you know Carter tips. looks horrible Ocean's yeah I mean
1: is horrible
0: Carter's the big I would say one of the biggest disappointments I think we had a question like that earlier I mean Car- Carter's been my biggest disappointment I know we're not happy with McKinney, but Carter's been my biggest my biggest disappointment because he looks so he looks so he just looked just looked like a better football player last year. No, not even like oh numbers, production, pressures, this that. He just looked like a better football player last year, and he just, he's just non-existent. He's just not there. Um, Roché and Carter Coughlin, give him a shot. Like
1: they deserve it more than Carter Coughlin. I would hate to just keep moving his position back and forth, but Roché for sure. Like give Roché a shot, and then maybe maybe he comes in and he sucks too. But it's um. I don't know, man. This this pass rush is bad. It's real bad. Yeah, we should have kept Kyler Fakro. That we criticized that in the moment of moving off of Kyler Fakro and giving Ryan Anderson more money when Fakro was a consistent, like, was it like at least could make plays as a pass rusher and had the versatility for this defense, played the run better than you know, a, a, a O'Shane Shanez does, and we just moved off of him for no reason.
0: All right, Jeff Boyd. Boyd. At the Boyd wonder, I know it's a long shot, but if they turn the season around, are there any trade targets that interest you?
1: No more, no. We are not do not trade for anybody. The cap is screwed up right now. No trading for anybody, unless it's like a long term. This guy's going to be here for a long time. Like if Ch- if the Cardinals suck and Chandler Jones was available, I would trade a first round pick for him. You know what I'm saying? Like you know when those talks were going, it's like yeah, I would take Chandler Jones. Um, uh, but no, I, unless it's someone that's going to be here long term and not on an expiring contract a la Leonard Williams, um, then no. So, no. The answer is no for me. Would you? Would you, If there was a pass rusher out there for like a six-round pick, and he had a $4 million salary, would you do it?
0: Yeah, Marcus Golden. Absolutely.
1: Would you actually, though? Like, and you had to clear more cap space and put more
0: stuff into next year? No. No. But yeah, still salty about Marcus Golden. What's the best way to burn down MetLife? Glock Roach asked. What if we had a thousand inflammable TG stickers around the building? And Ben Butler asked, at Ben Butler Seven, if MetLife Stadium burnt down, in like stars or quotes, what style of stadium would you like to see in its in its place? Something similar to Arrowhead or a dome like the Saints have? What style do you think creates the best atmosphere? Um, give me like the Vikings, the Vikings, the Falcons. And what the Rams have right now. I just want it burnt down. Retractable... Why can't we have a retractable roof?
1: I've never been in a dome before.
0: Me not... Like, I've been in a stadium.
1: I feel like I would kind of hate it. You know what? I'm one of those people that's very resistant to change. So I think it's like, oh, I don't want a dome. But if I ever went to a dome, I'd probably fall in love with the dome.
0: I don't want a dome. I want a roof. I don't want a dome. I, I want a retractable roof where you can have... It open when it's nice, and then you can close it when it's not nice. I mean, so actually, I have inside information, and I cannot tell you where this comes from. I have a friend who works in government, who one of his jobs initially, I think I might have told this story already, but one of his jobs when he was an intern was to look at possible ways that they could put a retractable roof on MetLife Stadium. And that project was the thing that was talked about, Amongst the state, but it never happened.
1: I'm trying that's to find...
0: My, that's my tip. What did you say?
1: I'm trying to find a tweet. Um, Someone replied to me earlier. Here it is.
0: About burning down the state.
1: At Wyland Plug. Daniel Jones at home. 62% completions. 3,340 yards. 14 touchdowns. 16 interceptions. On the road. 63.5% rate. 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Burn down MetLife Stadium. So what's the it big difference? To I, the it ground.
0: Sa- completion rate sounds the same, but is it the touchdowns? 14 touchdowns,
1: six interceptions, 16 interceptions to 25 and oh. 7.
0: Oh, oh that, the touchdown interception ratio is the difference. Okay. Yeah,
1: 11 more touchdowns and 9 less interceptions.
0: That was also an Eli thing, too. That was an Eli thing. Road Warriors. That's, yeah. I still
1: remember the Super Bowl 42 intro uh resiliency i'm a saying that
0: how many wins does daniel Jones are,
1: have? we are we are we are the new york giants
0: does he have nine wins in his career and three of them are comeback wins
1: yeah eli
0: Manning? that was kind
1: of like a backhanded like compliment tweet to daniel jones because he hasn't won games you know which is bad but i also want people like he just doesn't like have that moment in the like you know, where he, he he wins a game at the end, it's like, well, thirty-three percent of his wins come that way. Yeah, it's, it's just he didn't have it in twenty twenty because we sucked, especially on offense. Um, all right, stupid, anything
0: else? Stupid Bears game. Um, no, no, that was uh, that was good. Go 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 the Yankees. Yeah, hopefully,
1: uh, hopefully the Yankees win.
0: If they oh. do win, I am going to a home playoff game. I'm going to try and make it on a night we are not recording. But if it is on a night that we are recording, we have to record early. And I will be in the Bronx. So that's just a heads up. I'm giving oh, you that word. heads up right now. Yeah.
1: Word up. Um, have never been to a Yankee game.
0: Sucks. <laughs> Remember we went to that Met game and we stayed for like two and a half hours. But we saw five minutes of game
1: yep and we even missed the runs that were scored in that game <laughs> we got there in the top of the first and missed like f- five of the six runs scored in that game i don't think
0: there were six runs
1: there was like a three-run home run and then alonzo had like a two-run double or something was, so five runs i guess going
0: on for two innings
1: um no not even they didn't even finish the first um trying to think is there anything else i want to hit on um
0: thank you for the great week that it's been yeah again
1: could you imagine if his team was good
0: (laughs) no i can't (laughs) um
1: yeah i mean top 10 in all football is really cool that's because of you people um oh i can share i said the john boy media because we were ranked higher than talking baseball and talking yanks and i left this is uh, true I left a slack message being like, "Hey, really proud of our growth of our baseball podcast. We're in the midst of the playoffs, by the way, so it's not like
0: they're in the downtime." Yeah, Yankee Yankees just like clinched a wild card game. Like, don't I don't want to hear the whole, "Oh, you know, it's not really a big moment for baseball." No, this is like the biggest moment of the year for the baseball. The biggest moment.
1: And no, we Giants were ranking-
0: just won a a week four game when they were, yeah, open, and we're when one and three. three.
1: <laughs> um, ranked ranked ahead of them. Now, do we get more downloads than them per episode? No. No. But we we're but we were ranked ahead of them, and I said almost ranked as high as us. And I just feel like eighty percent of the people in the company just don't care. It's it's basically like Jim likes us, Kyle likes us, and that's it. Everyone else has to prove it to me. Well, they that's have to, okay. They have Talk- to reply to the Talking Giants tweet and say I care about you guys.
0: Well, that's okay. It's because it's um. It's talking Giants first. You,
1: you have to listen to an hour of a podcast and listen all the way to the end on the day after a Yankees wild card game to prove that you care. It's the only way. It's the only way. I agree. Oh, Jared wins on the or someone in the chat says, Ama, I have an AMA tomorrow on Reddit at ah. three o'clock." So if you're listening to this before that, uh, come ask me anything. Here's the thing: last year I did it and it went really well. But now we're bigger and we have like our loyal, like crazy audience, and we're—I'm gonna get some like questions. And it's you're like, gonna get some questions. I'm gonna get some questions tomorrow. Um,
0: you, you're gonna—you're you're gonna get some like appearance questions, your attractiveness level. No, have, those aren't the ones
1: I'm worried about. I'm worried about like talking about like violence and stuff. And down you know like, me. I'm gonna answer every single one. So,
0: um, have people called you dad? That's like a thing amongst. Content creators, where like no. younger younger people will call you dad.
1: If they do, I ignore it.
0: Okay. Um, J- Jolly Olive likes this. Jack Jolly's a good guy.
1: Is he a Giants fan?
0: I think he is because he like he tweeted out Sunday night. He said at Justin Panic, I'm so happy you get to talk about a win.
1: You know what he like? Liked, he liked the slack message. The four people that liked it were you, Kyle, Jim, and and Jack. So, so those are my. Those I are the core. Those are Doesn't the four, right Doesn't
0: there. Doesn't count. He's new, so he's trying to. No, I Jack likes us. <laughs> no, I like um, him. He's a nice guy.
1: I know David likes us, and I think Jake wants to like us, but he just ends up hating me half the time. It's true. All right. And that was uh, that was um, inside baseball, John Boy Media. It was company gossip. Yep. They're none. None of them gonna hear it because no one listens. All right. We appreciate <laughs> you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. On Friday, our Cowboys preview. Until then, let's go Big Blue.